Ev. Yeah. It's another episode. Yeah. We do Humans of the Food Bank, mm-hmm. which is one of our most popular. Much beloved. Yeah. Much beloved shows. <laughs> um, people download it because they really want to know about people on our team, right. what they do, why it's important. And I'm really excited mm-hmm. because we have a friend who's been way too busy for us <laughs> that all of the listeners know. If you go back and you listen to other things, mm-hmm. um, it's really how we have a podcast today, yeah. which will explain. Matt Spence, we love you. Welcome back. <laughs> it is very good to be back with yeah. you guys. I know. It's we, been too long. we miss it having has. you. <laughs> There's a lot we're going to talk about on the whys that's so important to our work. Mm-hmm. But first, I want to touch on how this podcast came to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eb and I had. It was a weird conversation between just the two of us. I'm like, we should start a podcast. Mm. And Ev's like, I got equipment. Let's do it. You know, so way but, ahead of you. but when you're introducing new ideas to folks, sometimes it takes them way too long to, to get on board. And um, that's when you come in because you really made this happen. Uh, you helped people understand the capability of it because you had been on podcasts before and you understand how it works. So we wouldn't have this without you. And also I sit in my car a lot <laughs> in Tampa oh, traffic. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts mm. and I appreciate them personally. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a no-brainer for me that um, there's such a great story to be told about Feeding Tampa Bay, about mm-hmm. the work that we do, the people who do it alongside us. Um, there's so many things that we can touch on that are really fascinating that people just don't know about right. otherwise. So, you know, when, when you guys were talking about this, I was like, Ooh, ooh I'm in, I'm in, let <laughs> right, me, let right. me, Sign me up. not right. at all part of my actual job description <laughs> nope. or why, nope. Another duty as a why I was hired, but <laughs> I kind of shoehorned myself into the idea more than you guys inviting me in. No, so. I disagree. I disagree because you were the champion for it when mm. we were be- being told, ah, maybe yeah, yeah. sounds cool. Right. And I was like, let's go people. Yeah, and you're we like, let's well, do this. This is why we need to. And next thing you know, 75, 77 episodes later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and sometimes you just have to, to put it on paper, right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and just put it out there and, and let people see what it's like in, in reality. And so that's what we did. You know, we recorded in my office with Ernest Hooper. <laughs> yes. we, you know, we had, uh, we had Ian yeah. Beckles yeah. come in and talk about barbecue for far too long on an <laughs> right. early episode. You know? Right. And, and we learned along the way. And, and yeah. that's been really, really fun because in all honesty, people don't care nearly as much about the details of your workday as they do about you. Mm. Right. And that's why Humans of the Food Bank is so great. Yeah. Right. right. Because yeah. it ta- it gives an opportunity for somebody like a Jim Carpenter yes. to get behind a microphone for 20 minutes and make you laugh. Yeah. Right. In the way he makes us laugh on Zoom every chat. Every day. Every day. <laughs> every day. Right. Or in every conversation about a backed up septic tank right. or whatever <laughs> right. else right. Jim is dealing with for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so... It was a no-brainer to me, and I think just getting it out there and the the three of us playing with the format and Mm -hmm. trying to figure things out and then inviting friends in to start and and building out from there was a great way to show the value. Mm -hmm. And now I think we've, you know, we, but I really mean you and Ev, have built this really cool platform and... Our stories, the the stories of the people that we serve, mm-hmm. the stories of our guests here at Trinity Cafe and and the people who come alongside and, and make our work possible are really interesting stories. They are. Yeah. And, and we've gotten to a place which is really exciting for us that people, instead of us leveraging our friendships, people actually reach out to us mm-hmm. to want right. to be on our podcast. <laughs> and um, you were a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. So... Hey, thank you. I think they were really just trying to replace me <laughs> and get more Shannon and Ev. And it's like, hey, no. you know, if Matt can't be there, it's totally fine. But can we bring in? <laughs> Is that seat open? Because right, right. I'm pretty sure Matt's in a meeting that day. <laughs> Which now we'll get to. You're always in a meeting. It's rare to get you free. But, you know, I know the listeners haven't heard from you in quite a while. So it's always fun to catch up with personal life. Catch us up with you and your family and what's going on. You do so many cool things like 
mad extra. You're like <laughs> the we, bomb dad. Our, like our, everything our, that you do is just magical to me. So catch us up on the fam. So the family stays busy for sure. Um, <laughs> listeners may or may not know I have three boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that in and of itself usually <laughs> gives people an opportunity to go. <gasps> Amen. <Wow. laughs> the other day, just for fun, I texted Thomas my uh, grocery bill. Oh, wow. Um, and <laughs> yeah. to show him like, yes, it it's is. Real. Uh, it's real. Uh, having a almost 16 year old, a 12 year old and a 10 year old, um, they, they can crush some food and, <laughs> yeah. um, when they're not doing that or in between times they're doing that, they stay pretty busy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think we've talked before I coach soccer, mm-hmm. uh, coach multiple teams. So right now I have the, the fun experience of coaching two of my boys on the same team. Hmm. Um, so that's been entertaining. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, my oldest who, who's a sophomore in high school, is just just doing a million really cool things. He does uh, a thing called Civil Air Patrol, where um, it's a it's an Air Force auxiliary program. It's kind of like a junior ROTC, mm-hmm. okay. um, and and he's been doing you know really cool stuff with that. He gets to fly a small plane. He wow. gets to wow. you know, really immerse himself in aerospace education and character development and physical fitness. And mm. it's it's really awesome for him. Um, and he's in an engineering magnet program in high school. So, you know, it kind of all fits together there. And, and he does a, a ton of fun stuff. Um, my younger two, uh, I think one of the reasons you brought this conversation up is because we were texting oh the gosh. other evening and uh, <laughs> I was sending you pictures because I was at a American Ninja Warrior class with my middle <laughs> yes. son. That's awesome. Yes, so, that's badassery um, at his right? finest. Yeah, Being real. a mom of three boys, <laughs> that wasn't available. Yeah. Now yeah. they're going to find out and complain like, God, mom, <laughs> you never did anything. Well, and the story on it is really cool. You know, I... We say that all the time, but this, in this case, it's true. This a guy who lived in Seminole here in our, our area um, was on American Ninja Warrior and, and really loved doing the, you know, random obstacles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he built it in his backyard and he had all of this, you know, tire swing and <laughs> salmon ladder and right. all this random stuff in his backyard. And then neighborhood kids started coming over asking if they could play. And then the parents were saying, can you train my kids? Man. And so that kind of just snowballed into a full-on gym. And so it's actually not that far from where we sit right now at Feeding Pinellas, just down the street on off of Park Boulevard, um, this place called Jungle Gym Ninja. And it's a, a group of coaches, many of them who compete in the like regional circuits, some of whom have been on the TV show. Um, they change up the obstacles every week, and wow. it's just the best thing for kids because it gets them active. Yeah, I was going to say it's a great way, an interesting way, mm-hmm. fun way and, to promote better health yeah. and activity. Yes. Like yeah. it's not traditional, although it's becoming more traditional. Right. Thank you. Right. But. Super popular. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of youth sports and what a nightmare <laughs> that is. But, you know, it offers kind of a whole body physical activity that's very different from playing baseball 11 months a year or even Mm. playing soccer 11 months a year you know it's it's a a thing that constantly challenges them it's some of the best things about video games right you know how video games are constantly challenging you they're Mm -hmm. just a little harder than Mm -hmm. your level ninja warriors very much the same way they they switch up all the activities and they're constantly pushing the kids to just you know hang on a little longer climb a little higher or swing a little further whatever it is and it's been fantastic for my 12 year old man that's so awesome so are you going to be ready for him when he graduates into parkour and starts scaling buildings (laughs) no no, (laughs) okay he's he's a true middle child and will absolutely want to do that that is my middle child who's now going to be 26 years old that would jump off a balcony or jump off a roof into a pool. You know, they're that one. Yeah. And and listeners may, you probably pick up bits and pieces of this over time, but it's, his name is Luke. And, and we always joke, it's always Luke, mm. right? When anything happens, it's always Luke. Right. Yeah. He's the one who had this serious accident and uh, folks at all children have saved his life. Mm. He's the one who has scars on like yeah. 15% of his body. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's the one who just <laughs> random stuff happens. Right. It's going to happen to Luke. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, we (laughs) talked about that. The onion solution, right? Right. So that's three cheers for that bold, outrageous middle child who usually makes this amazing adult who does wonderful things. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. So, I'm <laughs> uh, down for the middles. But all three boys are doing great. My wife is, uh, you know, she's an amazing teacher and, and doing mm-hmm. a great job there. And, uh, you know, life is busy, but life is good. We were just in North Carolina for Thanksgiving with the in-laws, having a great time. So mm. life is life, good. Life is good. And I think I find it fascinating with your role. And we're going to talk about what's been added to your role. Very important work. But your family still remains first. Has to. We all know that on your schedule, you block out everything that has to do with your kids. And there's just a, 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 no negotiations. And everyone respects that for you. You truly are dedicated to your kids and your family first. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and it is one of the great things about doing what I do and what we do is that we work together to create that space, mm-hmm. right, for each mm-hmm. other. We do. Um, I'll tell you a funny story about when I started to come on board here at Feeding Tampa Bay. Um, I think I might have been the first culture interview. Mm-hmm. You know, we do this thing now with our employees mm-hmm. where every employee, they go through the regular hiring process. And when we're at the point where it's like, yes, we want to bring this person on, we do a culture interview. And so that's typically with JC, who leads our culture, and Thomas, mm-hmm. our CEO, because mm-hmm. it's so important to him. Well, you know, Thomas and I had known each other for a long time and we had talked about working together and this idea of creating this new position that led our ending hunger work. And, you know, we were both kind of very excited about it. And then Thomas said, hey, um, can you and Aaron, my wife, come mm-hmm. out to dinner with me and Lynn? Of course, that sounds like fun, you know. So, you know, we go to Rumba and we're having great little uh, jalapeno infused <laughs> corn muffins. Wow, Yum. my favorite. Lunch. Yep. Always have to bring the food in, you know. Yeah. Um, and and we're talking, and Thomas is doing the thing that he does in the culture interview, which is, in some ways, try to scare people. Not, mm. right. you know, not like that, but to just make clear what our culture is at Feeding Tampa Bay and that this is a, a hard thing emotionally to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that will take everything you have mm-hmm. and will take your heart and take your energy and take your time. And at the same time, I think Aaron and I were kind of giving him a culture interview <laughs> right? <laughs> that said, hey, family is first. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and... I coach soccer and I'm going to coach soccer and I go to my kids' plays and I'm going to go to my kids' mm-hmm. plays. Mm-hmm. And and if the culture at Feeding Tampa Bay didn't support that, it wouldn't have been the right place for me. Right. But it is. It and is. it does. And that's important to um, our CEO yeah. as well. Oh, for you sure. You know, making sure our family first, mind you, all those other things about our work that are time-consuming and heavy. We're right. not a normal nine-to-five, five <laughs> no. days a week. No, it doesn't work and, that way. You and, know. And, yeah, <laughs> life isn't work that like that at all. And the, so. Right. And the, the trade-off, which I'm perfectly fine with, is when I'm not the one running up the warped wall at American Ninja Warrior, <laughs> I can be on the phone with a colleague working, out a, True. You know, yes. working out a problem. And, right. and that's totally fine with me. And yeah. that's balance. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true work-life balance. Yeah. You know, and, and I think my willingness to email at five in the morning mm-hmm. or at mm-hmm. 11 at night or both mm-hmm. is why Thomas has never once had an issue with me saying, Hey, I can't be in this meeting today because I'm coaching soccer right. or, never. you know, no my, one would, my yeah. son is in frozen junior and whatever, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah. yeah so like, <laughs> I, I joke, but that's true because this Friday is my birthday and um, Nolan, my my youngest, is plays a small part in the school play of Frozen Junior and they have rehearsal and it's his day. He can't miss rehearsal. He's on the call sheet. And so, you know, we're going to go to rehearsal and then we're going to go out and have a a nice family dinner. So that's so awesome. awesome. You can't pour from an empty cup. You know, if if you're not full, you know, fulfilled yourself, you can't bring your whole self to your work. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's and and that's a really important thing to me with our team too. Mm-hmm. You know, I I will preach that for myself, but I will absolutely do the same for for everybody on our team because yeah. I I'm a big believer in refilling your cup yeah. and figuring out what that is. And sometimes that's outside of work, but sometimes that's inside of work too. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's taking a, a lunch break and going over and serving at Trinity. Yeah. Right. Sometimes sometimes it is. You know what? I need to take this afternoon off and I need to go to the batting cages right. and just 
swing as right. hard as I can at baseballs for right. an hour. You know, nice. That's yeah, there's a reason there's a heavy bag and and boxing gloves at my house. Sometimes you need that to refill your your cup too. Right. Right. <laughs> Everyone deserves an opportunity to make memories around the table with friends and family. But the reality is that so many people have to go without. This season, you can play a pivotal part in giving the gift of cheer and good health by donating food to school children, families, and seniors throughout the community. Your contribution will truly be savored. Go to feedingtampabay.org slash feedtheseason to give the gift of nutrition for the holidays. That's feedingtampabay.org slash feedtheseason. Well, it's so very true. And um, we have a lot on our plate in mm-hmm. feeding Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do all seem to balance it. And it's the culture of respecting that yeah. um, that I think lends to our success as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and our goals that we have is, is the amazing team that we have behind it and the leadership that we have that supports that, which you're part of our leadership team. Mm-hmm. So I want to know... Before you got super busy, explain your role. Then we're going to go into what has been added to your plate to ensure we reach the goals that we have for our community. I love that you think there was a time in my life before I was super busy. But remember the chill old days? No, but this is okay. <laughs> Those relaxed old days. Okay, so you know? let's let's rephrase that as extra. Right, right. Life got extra in feeding busy. Tampa yes, Bay for life, you. Life is extra, but uh, so you know the the kind of the job description stuff, right? Right. That that's part of my everyday work. I always joke with people how diverse that is because mm-hmm. I literally have Cavarius who drives a truck and Daniel who is an executive chef and Katie who's a social worker mm-hmm. all right. on my team. <laughs> right. You know, and so that in itself is super interesting to mm-hmm. have to have that variety of teammates. But it's awesome when we get yeah. together and we pitch in and give ideas to each other's projects and programs and it just makes everything better. Yeah. You know, diversity in the absolute best sense of the word. Um, but my team is very diverse. You know, I, we literally do. We have groceries on the go. The truck that goes out and supports our uh, healthcare partnerships and our food prescription programs and does community events and serves as a, um, you know, as a kind of a green market for right. people and does Which produce. Which is... Has- over exceeded expectation, mm-hmm. the oh, yeah. green market part, yeah. which I think is amazing. That's like a, to explain groceries on the go, it's this gorgeous truck um, sponsored by the race that opens up and folks can go in and actually shop for shelf stable items, fresh fruit, dairy, meat. Mm-hmm. But the really um, cool thing is, is the pricing and that we accept EBT. Yeah. Um, yep. So anyone can shop. And then I, I compare this to, because I was blown away when I first started at Feeding Tampa Bay. If you get garlic powder in a container it can be anywhere now it's probably four dollars it can anywhere but it was 25 cents on our groceries on the go truck you know we can um maximize those relationships to pass those savings along to people and still benefit and pay for meals for people who can't afford it at all which i think is huge and and folks can redeem their prescriptions Mm -hmm. at the groceries on the go truck right their food prescriptions yeah their food prescriptions so you know it it serves a a variety of purposes and kelly and her team you know frank and cavarius are just Mm -hmm. awesome guys yes Yes. definitely everybody loves them it's so fun to go out and see you just want to stay out of the way when they're doing their thing on (laughs) a site but it's so fun to see you know, the return customers coming back and checking in with Frank and the little inside yeah. jokes that they have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's a really fun part of, right. of what we do. But very much like the podcast, I got some kind of wild looks when I suggested going and buying an old <laughs> beer truck. Beverage right. truck, yeah, because that's what it is. It's pretty now, but it was. Yeah. And then I think we've told the story before on the podcast, V... And Vanessa yeah. actually yes. flew to San Diego <laughs> and drove where we purchased the truck and drove back across the country yeah. to bring the truck here to yeah. us. It's got quite a story. Uh, it <laughs> does. It's, you know, it's, it's so that, that lends to when you have ideas, people listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and chuckle. The, and <laughs> right. But it's kind of like, okay, here we go. Yeah, right. Sometimes they work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most times they work. <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, that's a really fun part of our team. And then as we've talked about quite a bit, I'm so blessed to serve the Trinity team. Mm-hmm. It, it's 
awesome to be a part, even a, as small a part as I am, of of what the Trinity team does. To see, you know, walk into that kitchen on uh, on Nebraska and see what Daniel and Doug and Nick and Isaac, Isaac. and that whole yep, team do, whole team. you know, just the way that they put everything they have into making an awesome meal mm-hmm. for people who need it. Uh, it's it's just it's so easy to fight yeah. for what they need yeah. to do their jobs well yeah. because what they do is so important. Right. Yeah. And it's like if you want to think in comparison, free restaurant, mm-hmm. yeah. right? We have three. They're pushing out 800 meals a day, yeah. Yeah. which a regular restaurant does not. They wish they could do. Right. <laughs> and they do it so effortlessly and it's mm-hmm. so delicious and people enjoy it so much. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. and then every time I walk in, it's what else can we do? Yeah, you right. Know, yeah. Who else can right. we help? We bring meals right. to Tampa Hope. Yes, you know we we serve other organizations that need meals. We do catering occasionally, and mm. all of that will just increase exponentially in the new facility. Right. right. Yeah. So there's a lot of really fun things to come in the Trinity world. Yeah. Um, and then you know we have we have what we call our food plus team. So mm-hmm. those are the folks who wrap services around that encounter when someone comes to us in need of a meal or a bag of groceries. Um, and this will this will get into mm-hmm. the meat of the conversation around strategic planning, right? But that food plus team is really the tip of the spear. Yes, to say we're not content to meet the need for three days mm. right, mm-hmm. or for six hours. Right. What we need to do, what, what we owe the people who come to us is to do more and help them find ways forward. Right. And that's what our Food Plus team does. And they're awesome at it. If you spend six minutes with Katie Tuning or yeah. Rose or anybody on that team, they will blow you away with how much they care about moving people forward in life, helping make a difference, helping connect people to resources or um, to, to open up pathways for folks or to say, hey, I know this is what you're struggling with and food can be a part of that solution, but there's a longer term solution and we're going to work on that together. Mm-hmm. I think what's a beautiful thing, and of course I come from the Trinity Cafe world originally with dignity and respect, is the thought of that journey from that person, from being in our food line, to have someone in distribution care enough to ask, is there any other way we can help? And now we have somewhere to connect them, to yes. really lift them, to be capable. Mm-hmm. I It gives me chills to think how that feels as a person, to know, I'm getting teary, yeah, yeah. that people care about you. And right. we all truly do. There's like 170 of us and 50,000 volunteers yeah. that truly <laughs> care about your well-being. Yeah. It's not about just giving someone food, mm-hmm. which is important. You can't mm-hmm. go about your day without it. But it's just so much more. Like, how can we make you better? Yeah. And we all feel that way. Yeah. So how are we pivoting? Well, we still haven't even covered everything on the team. We're still getting there. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's, there's more to come. See, yeah. so going it's back diverse, you know, going like back so. to how busy he normally is and what the extra is, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead because I'm so emotional. No, no, excited. no worries at all. We, we've talked about all of it. I think. No, because we can't forget FoodRx. Yeah, our yeah. healthcare partnerships work, yeah. right? We, you know, we have some fantastic partners in the healthcare space because organizationally what we've said is that food is our resource, mm-hmm. right? Food is the the medicine mm-hmm. that helps you get forward to the next day the next week but our goals what we're trying to achieve here are not just full fridges and tables right that it's that we build health and capability yeah. for the people that we serve and when we talk about building a healthier life we mean that literally. And so we work with healthcare partners to identify people who have diet related disease conditions. Mm-hmm. And then Kelly and Kate and that team do an amazing job of connecting our food, the right kinds of food, the food that it's really tough to afford right. that, you know, racked up those numbers on the, yeah. <laughs> on the receipts. I, I oh, texted yeah. right. to Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the outside of the grocery store, the healthy stuff, the perishable stuff that, um, you know, we find when people are making food trade-off decisions, the yeah. first thing to go is that healthy stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The first right. thing to go is that more expensive, perishable stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we can step in and say, you know, 
Tampa General, Baycare, whoever, whatever the partner is, Evera Health, has identified Humana, Florida Blue. Like any name that you recognize with healthcare related, Mm -hmm. even insurance, like you just said, Florida Blue is a huge partner. It opened my eyes um, because uneducated, I think you view healthcare one way. Mm. Right. But then when you're educated and understand, really, they, they, as much as they need to serve you, they want to keep you out of their doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They want to keep you healthy. And they're investing tremendously in our community. Yes. And, and I think it's important to, to recognize, just like you said, it's how powerful it is to be able to say this to someone who comes to you and needs help, mm-hmm. that you have a solution. Yeah. I have a great friend who's a pediatrician. And they, he and a lot of other doctors just would not ask the question about who's food insecure mm. in their world because they didn't have a good solution mm. to offer. Right. Yeah. right. If you say my foot hurts, <laughs> they can fix that. Right. If you say I'm having breathing problems, they know what to do about that. But by and large, healthcare professionals never had that button to push that said, oh, you lack the proper nutrition me telling you that you need to eat more leafy greens is not going to solve the problem if you can't afford right. leafy greens. Yeah, yeah. So to their eternal credit, those organizations, healthcare partners have started to really heavily invest in what we call the social determinants of health and a huge one being nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Feeding Tampa Bay can step in as a great partner right. to that. We have an awesome procurement team who finds the right kind of food. Yes. And then Frank and Kavarius and mm-hmm. Kelly and Kate, all those folks Moving get that out. out into the community in the right places with the right people and, and are making a huge difference. You know, our friends over at USF have been doing evaluations of our food programs and it comes back that we are making a significant difference in people's overall health people's access to food and people's uh connectedness to their providers and to Mm -hmm. their community um you know we're seeing blood pressure go down we're seeing uh a1c which is what you know measures blood sugar and diabetes risk going down based on the work that we're doing together. Right. It's really, really cool. And with diabetes, which is a huge problem, really worldwide, you address that, and that's a change in medication. That's a change in your lifestyle altogether with the goal, getting you off that medication, which is possible with that healthy eating and exercise. People see a tremendous result. Exactly. Then you can do American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the goal. goal. That's right. And goal for everybody. Exactly. Hang from the warped wall, exactly. 14 feet up in the air. Because you're healthy enough to do it. That's exactly. right. That's right. Yeah. And then you tie that all together. And I think this will be a nice transition point to what we're mm-hmm. here to talk about, which yeah. is um, where the organization is headed um, with the work we do in job training. You yes. know, so our our team is is so good there. You know, and I feel as good about our approach to job training as I do anything else that we do, mm-hmm. because we've been thoughtful about it and we've done it with the needs of the individual at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's what we'll see, you know, to give a little preview to five or 10 minutes later in this conversation. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to talk about is the needs of the individual driving the work that we do. Right. And we've kind of always done that with Fresh Force, with job training, Mm -hmm. um, because we identified a couple of things right away. Right. That um, if someone is has barriers to employment, to ask them to spend money to invest in their own skill building and go backwards financially is just not really feasible. Right. And so we pay our trainees. Yes. But we also know if you have barriers to employment, you probably have other barriers, other challenges in your life, which is why our Food Plus team becomes so important and a critical part. And the work that Kiba does and the care and concern and the ability to walk with our students right. is is the secret sauce mm. to the success of Fresh Force. Yeah. And all of that listen, lifts those with barriers into employment because we know so many that have gone through our program. It builds that confidence that they're capable to restart their lives, right. a That's lot right. of them. And the success around that, to me, is um, amazing. 
Yeah. Nothing short of amazing to see how some of our graduates have moved on very positively in their lives, yeah. even influencing others mm -hmm. and getting them to come along and join Fresh Force for the opportunity. Our absolute best recruiters are our graduates. <laughs> yeah. and, and to me, that is the ultimate sign of success of a program, right. right? If the people who have been through it are trying to get other people to do it, yeah. you know it's gone well. Right. Um, and you know, of course, we talk about this all the time. We steal some of our best graduates oh, for our <laughs> for ourselves, and True. so we have That's okay. You know, all sorts of teammates who have been through our program, and they really are just incredible human beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, their stories are are so powerful, but they're still writing really cool chapters. They've yeah. reclaimed the ability to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Right. And some of those who came onto our team um, have just kind of leveled up and, and gotten yeah. different jobs. Like they were entry level, mm -hmm. you know, they're climbing up into um, different fields yeah. within Feeding Tampa That's Bay right. and super positive and excited about it. Yeah. Even Kiba, who I, you know, I mentioned is our food plus coordinator who does the wraparound services for, Fresh Force students mm -hmm. was at one time a yeah. Fresh Force student, yeah, which I love. Cohorted. Well, and you really, mentioned really, Cavarius yeah. a couple of times. Cavarius got his class B through Fresh Force. He Absolutely. sure did. You know, uh, yeah, there's so many cool stories right. of, of people who have, who have benefited from that program. And it's given us the opportunity to really test our ability to make that level of difference. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, yeah. because now you're really talking about food for a lifetime. Yeah. We, you go from one meal or one bag of groceries to someone who is quadrupling their income. Yeah. Yes. You know, we, yep. we do a study and we ask our folks, you know, in the last six months, what'd your income picture look like? For a lot of them, the answer is zero. Mm, yeah. Right. Zero. They made no money in the previous six months. Man. And and very few are are making a living wage right. prior to coming to us. Right. And then the vast majority of our graduates are doing very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going from a space of, you know, stress and uh, unhappiness to confidence, capability, and really pride. People yeah. are very proud of what Fresh Force has given them and, yeah. and what their lifestyles are now. Absolutely. And, you know, Thomas will always say that it, it's uh, among, if not the favorite thing that he's been a part of in his mm -hmm. 10 years here. And uh, I was with him in, in a meeting the other day and he told the story of, of Keech and his, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting his driver's license mm -hmm. for the first time in his life mm -hmm. at 50 something. Yeah. Right. You know, being able to to purchase a car because he's employed with us right. because yeah. he graduated fresh force and uh, you can't put a value on that. Yeah. Nope. He's you know? so thrilled. Like just to see him talk about his car, like <laughs> oh my gosh. it's his baby. Like <laughs> it is so fun to see his face light up yeah. at that, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, and Thomas tells that story, but there's a story I like even better. That's mm. uh, it's also about Charles Keach. Um, he, the, the day after he got his car, he came to me and he said, you know what else I found, Matt? You know what else I found? He's like, I found this huge picture frame. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home and I'm going to sand it. I'm going to fix it up and I'm going to put it all back together. And right in the dead center of it, I'm going to put my Fresh Force diploma. Aww. And that, that baby's going over my couch. Yeah, That is yeah. going to be the centerpiece. Man. <laughs> right? How cool is that? Yeah. So, wow. Powerful. That's super cool. Yeah. Makes yeah, me so proud to right. work here. Yeah. Right. right? And yeah. do our thing. Just to be able to be a small part of that is right. Absolutely. awesome. We want to give a special thank you to our longtime partner, Humana. As a leader in the health insurance industry, Humana is committed to providing the very best plan options to seniors in the Tampa Bay community. Through their donations, employee volunteers, and food drives, they have provided countless healthy meals to seniors throughout our 10-county region. Their support of Feeding Tampa Bay demonstrates their commitment to bringing you the human side of healthcare. We could not be more grateful for Humana and their partnership. So programs is how a way to break it down that at Feeding Tampa Bay, we directly touch those in our care. That's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So that's our direct connection on how we help people. So 
I have, you've had responsibilities, pardon me, you've had responsibilities added to your plate that we have some goals, very achievable goals, and we know that because of your work. Tell us about that extra that you have um, really dove into to make sure that we reach them. This is the fun stuff for me, right? This is right. we we have we're about a year into a strategic planning process right now that is a refresh of the strategic plan that launched right about the same time I came on board four and a half years right. ago. Um, the the last strategic plan um, was the one where we put a stake in the ground organizationally and said we're going to end hunger in Tampa Bay by 2025. Right. You know, but in order to get there we have to help our community understand that ending hunger doesn't mean there's no one in Tampa Bay missing meals. It means that those folks know where to go to get one right. and that we are getting people out of food lines, but those, there are always going to be people who need us. They just need to know that we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the right food in the right place at the right time. Right. And that's how we end hunger, you know, and, and we've been working really hard at that. Our team when I think the first year I was here, we were 40 something million meals. And last year was 95 mm-hmm. million yeah. meals. Yeah. yeah. And what does uh, it take? It's 150 million to be hunger free. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and again, that means not only do you know where it's at, but we've, the teams that we have have worked very diligently to make sure that it's in the pathway of your life. That's right. Where you don't have to go extra, spend right. too much gas that we're trying to save money right. for you to be able to take care of yourself in a healthy way. It's near you. And that's been very well thought out. Well, and one of the fun things about that is, you know, for those who have heard our conversations in the past, they might notice one of the things I didn't mention about the, the work that my team does is school pantries. Yeah. You know, school pantries were an idea five years ago. There were, there were eight kind of just stapled together. We thought we would give it a try and see, we knew the research was telling us we needed to find a better way to get food into families, households, and that kids were still going hungry and and how we address that. And we went from eight to 74. (laughs) Yeah. We have 74 and And you talk about gluing it together. That's right. Our team was go to our social pages right now and look at what the Buccaneers are doing Mm. us with tackling hunger and mosaic. So an eight, um, location idea pulled together has now become something that not only partners want to be involved, they want to help, but from the experience of the kids and the families coming in, how great is that to know that these folks care enough to make sure that we have food on the table and it's just creates a more dignified, right? Right. And respected experience. And it's a great example of how we've lived into our last strategic plan, Mm -hmm. right? It was a concept Mm -hmm. in the last strategic plan that we wanted to take food where people already were, make it more easily accessible and then wrap services around it. And you look at that today and we're in 74 schools and growing, growing. And alongside that, we have team members that go out to those school locations when parents are shopping and help them sign up for SNAP benefits. Right. right. You know, we connect them to other services and other partners. We have fantastic partners in the community who go, mm-hmm. whether that's Bay Cares Faith Community Nursing or Family Healthcare Foundation doing system navigation. You know, we can attach all of those things mm-hmm. to the operations that we've built around school pantries and that's why it makes perfect sense for that team to be on the operations side now because it is integrated right. with everything we're doing organizationally right. that's a success of a strategic plan right there right. you know a concept that was kind of off to the side as a starter mm-hmm. and we figured it out and clarissa through an incredible amount of dedication and hard work and pouring over data and building relationships and rebuilding relationships and all of the things that she and her team have done to now say that's just a part of who we are. Yeah. And and so I love that as an example of how we've lived into the previous strategic plan. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now that takes us to where we are today, which is where do we go from here as an organization? What is our strategy to get to that 150 million meals? Mm -hmm. What's the strategy to really transform 
the story of hunger in our community beyond just saying we're going to end it but getting everybody on board ending it with us Mm -hmm. and all the other things that we want to accomplish and so about a year ago the organization partnered with um, the monitor institute which is uh, by deloitte and Mm -hmm. and they came in as consultants and and they did some community interviewing work for us Um, and and what we said to them was we don't want this to be about feeding tampa bay so don't even use those three words Mm -hmm. in the conversation go into the community and help us understand better what people who need us whether they are current you know partners of ours whether they're current um, recipients of our support or not and find out what they need in order to move forward in life Mm -hmm. and so they did that they did a great job of kind of digging into the foundations of that. And then the next phase was they came back to us and said, Hey, there are these five areas that we really need to do some deeper work to Mm -hmm. understand better what's going on in our community. And again, what's going on in our community, not what feeding Tampa Bay is doing, right? what the people need. Right. And so that phase of the work was really fun because it involved direct connection with our team members all across the organization communications team members were part of it operations team members were part of it development was part of it and programs was part of it and we went and created these five working groups and we said we really want to understand what health and mental health looks like for people in tampa bay Hmm. we really want to know more about food and food systems in tampa bay we really think that we need to get more ingrained and understand better the collaboration among nonprofits and systems issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, we took those areas and, and we put together five working groups. Um, and those groups spent six months interviewing people, doing research, reading, you know, academic journals, doing surveys, going out in the community, sitting down with Trinity Cafe guests and asking questions. And we came back with some hypotheses about what our neighbors were experiencing. Uh, So the group that I spent the most time with was uh, a group we called the Economic Outlook for Alice Families. So, you know, Alice is a term that United Way uses, uh, invented, that, that everybody uses. Yes, uh, called standard. Asset limited, income constrained, employed. So that basically is a much more dignified way to talk about what would have been considered in the past the working poor. Right. The people who are working as hard as they possibly can with what they have available and still not making it. That's right. Not and even close. And what we know is that's 47% of Floridians. One in every two Floridians is in a household where there's a gap between what they need to be whole on a daily basis and the resources they have available to themselves. And that should be a call to action for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that should be a call to action for all of us to say, we can't do this. We can't right. let this continue. And interestingly enough, our board member who led this strategic process, his name's Chris Hagamo, and he's an engineer at Mosaic. And we did all of this work, and, and we were looking at the Alice report that using 2018 or 2019 data said, for a family of four in Florida to just break even on a basics budget, not saving over the long term, not building generational wealth, just getting by and paying your bills for this month, needed to have needed to earn $74,000 a year. Hmm. In 2019, the yeah. average wage in Florida is under 50,000. Wow. It's creeped up just Quite a bad. tiny bit, right. a little over 50,000. When you say 2019, so now push ahead. Mm. I know I'm rushing it. Yeah. Right. But, but my no. it's how my brain works. Yeah. Now you have in, first of all, people surviving are still caught up in pandemic mm-hmm. debt. All of the job upheaval and that went with now, that. Yeah. yeah, and all the changes culturally from our experience with that. Yep. And then you add inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just no way. <laughs> no. 
No, and and in fact, United Way is, you know, across the state are redoing their numbers right now and trying mm-hmm. to get more updated numbers. Uh, Central Florida came out with some preliminary data that said that number that was seventy four in twenty nineteen is now ninety two thousand dollars a year. And the wow. people aren't making more. It's not like they're closer, right? You know? Right. You know, it's everything right. moving Wages around. Have not you. kept up. Right. Right. The eight percent cost of living increase for um, seniors. you know for seniors. Mm-hmm isn't covering that gap isn't right. enough and so you know i i think one of the little fun things for me as we talked about it and learned i, I think kind of symbolizes how we were willing to be mentally flexible which you absolutely have to be if you're going to do real strategic planning right. right you have to set aside your own mental models you have to set aside your own preconceptions and um we named the group economic outlook for alice families hmm. We came back later, and the group is now called House Economic Look for Alice Households. Mm. Because one of the pieces of data that really spoke to us was that a very large percentage of the food insecure households in Florida were seniors mm. and single adults. Yeah. Not just families. You know, right. yes, lots of families are struggling, mm-hmm. but seniors are struggling. Yeah, that College touches my heart, are the seniors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, and we've, we've done stories and spoken to a number of them, and it's just working your whole life to get to mm-hmm. a place that used to be thought of as a reward, was yeah. retirement, mm-hmm. and not being able to, you know, put food on your table or even take care of your pets right. or, right. you know, and it's... Um, finding a way to help meet them in the middle Mm -hmm. to make sure that they can have a little bit of that joy back. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's a great motivator. And and I think that is symbolic of the way we approach the work, Mm -hmm. right? The way Mm -hmm. we thought about it. And, and the fact that we had 40 colleagues from across the food bank participating in it. And that, that diversity of thought was so critical to us coming towards this last phase of strategic planning because it really informed it was far better than you know me and thomas sitting down with a piece of paper and right. saying this is our strategy for mm-hmm. the future right. um we learned a lot from listening from listening to our colleagues from listening to our community from our guests from those who serve Partners. alongside us and yeah. other nonprofits and other um even in other industries for-profit industries you know mm-hmm. um and something that really encapsulated a lot of the thinking for us is we were having this conversation with some of our colleagues who, who helped us prepare the presentation we gave to our board about what we learned mm-hmm. in this six-month learning phase. Um, and, and BJ said, you know, I didn't realize that food alone was not going to solve food insecurity. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right. And it sounds simple, but it's incredibly profound. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like to give Gators credit, but (laughs) BJ BJ hit on a good one there. That's the only credit they can get. Well, I I did send him an email saying something about, you know, somewhere between 38 and 45% uh, (laughs) sure about it. <laughs> so BJ and I like to, to poke at one another about our college football <laughs> fandom. But yeah, so just a reminder, uh, we're Florida State fans. That's here. right. That's right. Nothing's gonna as, change it on the good days and bad, but we are celebrating for some good ones right now. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. So back to less important things than college football. Uh, <laughs> BJ said food alone is not going to solve food insecurity. And I think that was a a statement that really encapsulated a lot of the things that we found, right? Because someone who is hungry is also struggling to pay their electric bill. Yes. And they also probably have a diet related disease condition and they also have other factors in their life that are creating that food insecurity. We've said for a long time, food insecurity is a symptom. It's not the disease. Right. 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 And what a horrible thing to live in. An un, have an unstable life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And doing everything that you can to get that stability and there's just no way to get it. Right? Yeah, and, and there's just this gap, yeah. right? There, yeah. there is a fundamental economic gap for a lot of the folks in our community. And one of the, one of the other things that, that we thought about along this process is is the work that we're doing to provide groceries 
to provide meals, is that creating what we, I love this term, we started to use it a lot more and I'm going to use it until you're sick of hearing it. <laughs> um, are we creating exit velocity hmm. for people or are we holding people in this state of Alice lifestyle, this right. economic insecurity, this food insecurity, this fluctuating between having what I need and not having what I need to get by in a given month. Yeah. What can we do to create exit velocity from that situation and create financial stability? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a, a band-aid versus a cure. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, it would be really harsh to say that groceries and meals are perpetuating a problem because they're not. They're addressing an immediate crisis. Yes, that we all have to have. That's right. We Everyone, have to do it. Including the fur babies. Everybody <laughs> needs it. It's true. Feeding Tampa Bay will always do it, and we're mm-hmm. doing it better every single year. Our operations get more streamlined and more efficient and get food in the right places, mm-hmm. and we're doing a better and better job of getting more meals on more tables mm-hmm. every single year. And it's not a but, it's Mm -hmm. an and Mm -hmm. along with that, we need to do a better job of creating opportunities for people to exit a food line. Yeah. To create that exit velocity where people can move to a more economically stable existence. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, similar to <clears throat> BJ's realization that, you know, food alone won't solve hunger is like one of my realizations over my time of feeding Tampa Bay is that food banks don't just provide food, you know, right. and whether they themselves have the additional resources. So many of our agencies connect with like a nurse that comes in, you know, during their distribution and checks people's blood pressure and stuff like it's a hub for resources and help. And our episode with Katie Fitzgerald from Fano was big on that and saying how, uh, you know, Thomas is always saying that food is the beginning food is like you know how you start but but yeah our our conversation with katie was about how food banks touch so many people that are struggling and they're all struggling in different ways and so you know we know about other nonprofits and resources and we say hey we are connected with these folks when you're done here go over there you know and it's just not what you think about yeah to talk to rather than sitting in line and you think food banks are just food but and it's a doorway (laughs) that's right right it absolutely is and it and it needs to be a better and better doorway Mm -hmm. you know um and it goes to two fundamental truths that Thomas shared with me, or we kind of discovered together that led to me being here, mm-hmm. which is more people encounter the food relief system than any other social service. Right. So the opportunity is massive. Yeah. Right. Right. And if the opportunity is massive, then our responsibility is massive right. too. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, there is no organization better positioned to make a difference than us. Right. I fully and firmly believe that. Yeah. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe that. Yeah. I don't think a lot of us would be here if we didn't believe that. Because we have 400 plus agencies that are doing all those things yeah. that you just mentioned. You know, Because we have thousands of businesses that are engaged with the social services system through their relationship with us mm-hmm. because we have governments that now trust us, mm-hmm. you know, governmental entities that say feeding Tampa Bay can solve this problem. Right. 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 You know, yeah. that those two truths that we're best positioned mm-hmm. and we have the most opportunity because of the number of people we touch yeah. really are foundational to what we're building in the new strategic plan. Mm-hmm. The challenge is each one of those individuals has a slightly different circumstance. Right. 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 You cannot put a blanket over it. There is no one size fits all solution. Right. You don't have the snapback on the hat where you can just change (laughs) the size of the hat. You know, it's there is no one size fits all. And the recognition that long-term stability needs to start with what an individual is experiencing Mm -hmm. is foundational to this next strategic plan, Mm -hmm. right? Not just saying, Hey, feeding Tampa Bay does this right here. And, and because we do this, you get this, (laughs) (laughs) whether or not this is what you need, this is what you get. Right. And that's kind of, again, being a little harsh and, and hyperbolic, but that's, 
been a standard within a lot of the social services model for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need housing, here's a voucher. Right. And if you need something else, here's a voucher. Yeah. And if you need housing plus other things, here's a voucher. Right. And, right. and, and so. But we're going to hear some guidance. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I think what's amazing is asking all the questions and truly listening to the need. Yeah. Yep. Whether it's a bigger picture about our strategic plan and all the work that 40 of our crew that you led down a path, um, you know, or just the fact that that's what we do. We mm. truly listen yeah. on the day to day. And that's what's going to make the difference. Yeah. And so now we pivot to the hard part, mm. which is the prioritization, the decision making about what all of this learning means for how Feeding Tampa Bay is going to invest its time and resources and staff in the next several years right. under a new strategic plan. And so we gathered a small group of team members that cut across all the different parts of our organization. And we said, the nine of us are going to lock ourselves in a room every Thursday and Friday morning, <laughs> and we're going to hash this stuff out. And we're going to start to come up with some priorities. We're going to start to come up with strategic design for the future of the food bank. And we will continue to bring in our colleagues when we're coming up with strategic imperatives for their area of work, of course, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but the nine of us will hold the whole puzzle mm -hmm. and, and we'll work together to say, okay, here's how the pieces might fit together moving forward. And, and I think fundamentally where we are now is that there are two major perspectives. One is the systems perspective, right? So we do have relationships with government, with businesses, with hundreds of other nonprofits. But what we know is the nonprofit system is disorganized, it's inefficient. It does not serve the best interests of someone who needs more than one thing. Mm -hmm. And that's on us to fix, right? We as organizations have to do a better job of providing multiple solutions in one place, yeah. right? Of connecting services and uh, identifying the core pieces and then how you wrap around um, identifying, you know, like we talked about earlier with Fresh Force. It's not just job training. Right. Right. It's successful because it's all of the things. Right. It's all of the things together. And so how do we utilize this unique platform we have at Feeding Tampa Bay and all these great relationships and this reputation that we've built because our ops team delivers 95 <laughs> million meals, right? right? Because we do a great job of speaking for those who don't otherwise get their stories told. Mm -hmm. um, how do we take that platform and bring together the nonprofit government and for-profit communities and say, we have to do better together. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's going to be a big part of it. Right. right. And then from there, how do we not just organize ourselves, but how do we make our services and our opportunities easier to access? How do we lower barriers? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we found across all of the learning is that barriers kind of had two parts to them. There were barriers to service that were created by the system, mm. right? You have to go from one place to another to get different services. Right. You have to you know, take time off of work. And therefore, if you're on an hourly wage, you're losing income. You mm -hmm. have to um, you know, do all of these other things to jump through all of these hoops to get what you need. And, oh, did you get a raise? Sorry, now you've lost this benefit and right. you actually are going That's backwards economically. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... Yeah. There's a lot of work to be done in that arena, and you'll see a lot from, from the strategy work that comes out around coordination, but also reducing those self-imposed barriers on the system side. Mm. Right. You know, uh, so those are the two big pieces from a systems perspective. And then from an individual perspective, we want to look at exit velocity, right? What are the activities partnerships, skills, things that an individual can add to their own toolbox mm -hmm. to build economic stability for themselves and their household. Yeah. Um, 
And so that will be a big piece of the strategy moving forward. And then the final piece is there are also barriers on the individual side, right? Maybe those are knowledge barriers. Maybe those are cultural barriers. Maybe those are, are barriers of time and distance and access to certain things. And so we have to do work alongside our neighbors to hurdle those barriers as well, mm-hmm. right? You know, to bring those down because we could build an incredibly efficient system that has reduced all of the barriers. But if people aren't accessing nutrition services or um, financial coaching or, you know, the other opportunities, we know 15 to 20% of people who are eligible for SNAP don't take it. Right. Right. That's cash in your wallet, in your budget every month. Right that closes a gap yeah. and for whatever reason is it a knowledge barrier is it an access barrier is it a pride intimidation mm-hmm. look at yeah. those applications yeah. and then i know from a senior perspective they feel like they're taking from someone else who right. may need it right that is not the case right right That's, it is there, there for all specifically for someone like that mm-hmm. right. you know someone in that mm-hmm. circumstance and so do we have our strategy fully laid out we don't yet that's the next few months, right? And so that's where I'll be on Thursdays, locked in a room <laughs> with eight other food bankers, really hashing it out. And you know, we'll probably take some some field trips to other food banks, other nonprofits that are doing cool things. Um, you know, we'll we'll call on colleagues all across the country and here locally who have great solutions. We don't have to invent, right? Right. We just have to find the great ideas and the things that work and then adapt them to our circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where we are with strategic planning. And I'm very, very excited because as you could probably tell from my however long monologue here, (laughs) (laughs) this is the stuff that excites me. Yeah. Right. It's the stuff where I feel like we can change our community for the better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By thoughtfully listening Mm -hmm. to the need. Yeah. Absolutely. Across the board. So, Matt, thank you. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. So much fun to be with you guys again. <laughs> thank yeah, you definitely. for the extra. <laughs> a couple of things. You know, we do know because of our visit with Katie, mm-hmm. there are communities that have reached hunger-free status throughout yeah. our nation. Yep. Yeah. This is possible. It's realistic. Just like when you think about 95 million meals, we can do that now. Mm-hmm. And we need 150 million to be hunger-free. And we'll get there. We will definitely get there. And we'll get there right on time in 2025. I don't have a doubt. And then you're joining us again because we have Joanna coming in. Yes. Right? And Joanna and her team at the Monitor Institute by Deloitte have been an incredible resource to us. Yeah. They're awesome partners. They have envision this whole thing as a partnership. They're not consultants who are just here for a paycheck. Right. Right. They have committed to doing this work alongside us and showing us our blind spots and helping us understand, you know, the the processes and the opportunities that we have to really change the way that we think about our work so that we do a better job for the people who need us. Mm. Right. And I've listened to her speak and she's just, she's phenomenal. So as a listener, you want to watch out for that. We have Matt because, especially because they work hand in hand together, is going to be the best person to help provide that interview experience. And then Evan and I will be here to ask the questions like, what, huh? That's right. (laughs) So I, I really can't wait to do that. But again, that goes into, and I think what's really important takeaway today is when I started with the food bank, there was this thing that went around where you did ask what you do and we feed people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we do, but that's no longer the case. Well, look what we your shirt says We feed them in so today. many ways. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. You don't just feed people. So You're ending hunger. I am ending yeah. hunger. Yeah. yeah. And how we're doing that is listening to the folks that need us. That's right. So stay tuned. We have so many more things, uh, so many more shows coming together to help you understand um, what's coming up. January, we have a huge announcement that is just going to take us our entire community really to the next level. Um, And we're leading up to that. So thank you, Matt, for being on part of that team that is trying um, and successfully coming up with ways that we can reach our goals for the people that we care about so much. And that's really what it comes down to. Feeding Tampa Bay, our team, those who partner with us, um, even the 
government support, we're all on the same page to make mm-hmm. life better for those in our region. Well, and I am going to take a minute, whether you want me to or not, <laughs> Ev, you might edit this out later, but I'm going to say it to give you guys your flowers because Uh-oh. the way you tell stories thank you, and oh. the way that you open up and, and reveal the work that we do mm. and the people who help us do it makes a huge difference. Thank you. It thank really you. does change people's perspective. I've had friends say, I don't know what you were talking about, but Shannon and Ev, they're <laughs> awesome. And so I listened to this episode that you weren't on. And, and they, it was really cool to hear, you know, <laughs> right. from Katie Fitzgerald yeah. or right. from, yeah. you know, from others who are in our world mm-hmm. um, to have the Tyson chicken guy come yeah. on and tell us about chicken wings in the Super Bowl, right? right? Like right. all of those fun stories <laughs> right. that they you all guys have something. been able to tell. Mm-hmm. That is just as important, if not more important, in changing the way our community looks Mm. at the work that we do. And I hope people appreciate what you bring to the table, too. Certainly, yeah. Thank you so much. Ev can answer for himself, but, Mm. you know, from the podcast or from our external storytelling, Mm -hmm. it's just a privilege. And and mostly for me, um, it's taking that stigma away. Yep. So folks who need us and then lifting up those who might be interested in helping us yeah. because the only way we're going to do this is together. Right. So we need to find ways to make sure people understand right. a strategically what that work takes and B we invite you to come alongside and this is why, right. you know, all those wonderful stories we, we tell outside of the podcast through our social, our blog, um, you know, we're even on TikTok. So, you know, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we're, awesome we're. recipes. So <laughs> we're just using everything in our toolbox that we can to help share our mission, our goals, and help folks understand it's not only about food. Right. That's right. You know, this take, what about folks who are taking advantage? <laughs> who would <Right>. <laughs> subject themselves to standing in line right. for food if they didn't need it? And, and if you don't, food. God bless you. Here's yeah. the food. Right, exactly. Right? right. Make exactly. sure you share. So we're, we're changing minds, and we're going to be hunger-free, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. <laughs> it Thanks. will happen. Thanks, yeah. Matt. Thanks, Ev. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you with Joanna yes, via Zoom out of Boston, Massachusetts. I can't wait. You guys are going to love her. <laughs> Not only has she helped Feeding Tampa Bay, but she gives you thoughts on how you should think strategically, too, mm-hmm. as an individual. So we'll chat at you next time, and we'll see you around the table at our next podcast. Yes. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, guys. This was fun. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok at Feeding Tampa Bay.